0: Welcome to b with Ellie, Biohacking and Beyond, the podcast where we dive into the incredible world of self-healing and the mind-body connection using biohacking and lessons from Germanic New Medicine. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this next episode of Biohacking and Beyond, and I'm really excited to have my guest today. And she is also my coach in a lot of things. When I started Unlimited, she is also a good friend. feels like our paths are so joined together because there's so, there's so many parallels and similarities. Let me introduce who my guest is. She's Martine DeLuna. She is a devoted wife and mother, while also a certified transformational life coach for women and femininity mentor for women in courtships and marriage.
1: Hi Mart. How are you? So nice to be here. It's, oh my gosh. Yeah. Excited now.
0: I know, I know. And our paths have, have been crossing like and it feels like we've been in, on parallel journeys, right? It's so Definitely,
1: crazy. definitely.
0: So for, for those of you guys who don't know, when I put up Unlimited in twenty nineteen, Mart somehow we crossed paths and I found out that she was a, a branding coach at the time. And I had no marketing plan in place for Unlimited. I just wanted to, I just opened Unlimited on a whim. And I'm like, balana si Batman, <laughs> <And> <laughs> I have this expert who needed my services you know, for something. And then, and we collaborated and then we were able to forge a friendship there. So Mart, please, can you tell us about your journey? Like how, you know, biohacking and, and all of that. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started.
1: Yeah, well, I remember coming to you because of a friend who recommended you because you were working with her son yeah. um, and and this son of hers had special needs. Mine didn't. Mine didn't, My son wasn't a special needs case but I didn't have the answers for what he was going through emotionally and that's where I sought um, your trauma therapy specifically for both me and him and that was my first like... Um, foray into biohacking. You helped us with the machines, Neuroptimal, um, heart mass, EFT, which the kids are all familiar with now, yes. right? But more than that, um, and now looking back through the lens of biohacking and GNM, that opened up the realization for me that nobody has a problem. It's really the relationship of within the family that gives us clues To what we can learn about each other or what we can heal even or why we are the way we are. Like if we look at our children, like what does that say about the parent? Which you've also been saying like like lately, you want to know like what's going on with your children. Look at yourself first. So I remember that first um, session when we were doing EFT, I thought it was just going to be my son. Yeah. He said, no, it's also you. Like, the parent is also on this journey of healing in the same way as the as the child is. And so that's when, looking back now, the journey to, like, healing anything in the family is a journey of all the family members. Yeah. All of them together in some way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, and that's a big theme mm-hmm. in my practice. It's really, it's with kids with special needs. But then... You know, when you look at the child, it's really that the child's um, insides, the, the child imitates, first and foremost, that's how they learn. The child comes out fully undeveloped because the remaining nurturing and experience and development of the child is highly dependent on the parents becoming his examples for what human beings should be. And so the child's display of behavior or how they are is a reflection of what's going on around him, around them. It came to be that, my gosh, we really should do it as a whole. The parents need the therapy, in fact, sometimes
1: more than the child. Definitely, definitely.
0: And then I think, I believe when we
1: did EFT, it helped immediately, right? Right away. And then combining it with Anat Banyel. Yeah. Also, I remember my son doing the table work and you working on him at the same time but now looking back at how like what he needed at the time it was also what i needed like what does this say about me how i have been raising him at that point for nine years he's 14 now Mm -hmm. right um what does this tell me about what i have to look at within myself as a mother being like the feminine model in his life right so um Working with, I work kasi, with married women mostly. And of course, these married women have children. Yeah. And a huge chunk of my work is in teaching them the difference between femininity and masculinity. And with my child at the age of nine, mm-hmm. I remember you teaching me something back then. He was, and I think this was along the lines of Steiner's work mm-hmm. about how a child crosses these like, um what's that this 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 rainbow this rainbow bridge of development, and he was going through that Mm-mm. um what that was to me back then, although I have a different way of viewing things now what that was to me back then is we all have different stages of life and development, and whatever our child is going through, if we as the parent are not aware of what we. Mm-hmm are in also in the life stage that we are in for our age, then when we look at our child and we tend to see what's wrong, quote unquote, air quotes, it's really an invitation to see um, what is this a reflection of me? Mm-hmm. What is my child showing as a manifestation of how I've been perceiving him? Yeah. Or treating him or even regarding him? Like, My perception of him. So all of that to say um, is that my work really with moms and with wives is if you have sons and daughters, how to cherish the feminine in your daughters and how to recognize like the masculine, masculine traits in your sons. For me, that is so important because then you have tools that you can access to raise in your language, if in GHK, biologically appropriate masculine and feminine children. Yeah, yeah.
0: and it was so great
1: that um, you got into GHK. I got into GHK two years. Oh, but ago. not like you. You're yeah. like, whoa, <laughs> I'm just like learning GNM. <laughs> <laughs> but it touches. But it touches all. It does. Sex of self work and self mastery, deba. Right? It gives it a shortcut. It's in a shortcut. in my in my view, like. We don't need all of these. Fa- I mean, like they're helpful, but when you know the biological yep. rationale behind yep. it um, and the five biological laws, it really makes things like the biohacking make sense. It's not just fragmented as its own modality, yeah. but it supports like all humans.
0: Yeah. Period. Like you know, from the and it makes you understand that the we've we've been evolving for billions of years. And everything has a purpose and a reason. So it's like the fifth biological law of nature that it's quintessence. Nature is never wrong. Nothing is ever binary. Nothing is ever wrong or right. It's only reasonable. And it's always in the theme of our survival. Will this particular adaptation make this person survive better? If that means a little bit of pain, a little bit of difficulty, then so be it. Because the journey of uh, making tissue stronger is you
1: got to rip off that thing and then replace it with stronger yeah material. rupture like, and repair uh, which is the her, um the herxheimer yeah. response right yeah yeah,
0: yeah exactly so DNM when i discovered it two years ago and then there were so many missing links in biohacking and i was so already so i thought biohacking would change the world and and you know everything that they teach about supplements and all of that oh yeah that's all we need and, the, and to a certain extent, yes, because I've been doctor-free and medicine-free for so long in spite of conditions. And But still, there was so much of a dependence on something external, something outside of you. And what about the poor people who have no um, no access to these supplements? What about them? Are they just, just going to die? They can't buy organic. They can't buy Expensive US supplement. Mm. So, what are we saying that only the rich can? So, there's it's a privilege, yeah. Bio-hab. So, it's like a, it's like a, uh, what you call this? Uh, it's again, we're like stressing the inequalities between rich and poor. Mm. And I'm so against that. So, when we look at like Dave Asprey stuff, it's so freaking expensive. One machine is $36,000. So, what we're just going to save the rich people. I'm so against that. Yeah. Because you know, when we look at the the in the indigents in the in the Philippines, we need to do something for them because we mm-hmm. were bestowed with so much gifts that we need to share with them. Yes. And so when I discovered GNM, it was like, oh my God, this is it. How am I gonna help the, the poor? Is they own the technology already in their DNA, in yeah. their cellular intelligence and wisdom that we all have. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. If you're African-American or Caucasian or, you know, seven years old or 97 years old, we have this in our DNA. And that is like the ultimate biohack
1: in the world. Yes, yes. And when you realize that you hold that power and in different capacities as male and female, then you can adapt your way of living to match your like sex, your orientation and you don't have to kind of like hack anything except remember what's yeah. already inside of you yeah. and then optimize that yeah exactly so the
0: you and i marts were in this gnmghk um biological relationships course and i organized it for my mentor who's based in croatia who was dr Hammer's direct apprentice we we found out about the biological coding in all of us and why there should be polarity between masculine and feminine which you have been teaching all the years and it was like oh my god when I got into GNM biological relationships it, it was so in parallel with what Martin was teaching already for for a few years now. and then so Martz got into it and then it enhanced some of your knowledge it did on a biological level mm-hmm. and what what have you seen in your work using um, that knowledge
1: yeah I think To start with, to illustrate what we do as coaches. Mm -hmm. So coaches, we work with reframing, helping clients to reframe a situation. And with GHK, it's really returning to the truth. Yeah. Like fundamental truth, like you said, quintessence. And so what Mm -hmm. what the relationship course did for me was a lot of the information, like I already knew, like Mm -hmm. how to be feminine, how to activate your female nature. But what I appreciated there was, um, well, the way that Sasha taught it Mm -hmm. was he linked what the activity was in the brain, which, of course, in GNM, we always go into the hemispheres of the brain. Having that was just, it, it kind of like made the femininity practice and embodiment work full circle yeah because a lot of especially if you're a coach and you're in the coaching space we tend to work with mindset mm-hmm. and reframing and looking at things from upside down and outside in different perceptions but what the biological does is it gives you the foundation to do that you know your own body your own relationship So what I appreciated with what GNM brought into Mm -hmm. um, the teachings of femininity and of course, you know, for men, how to be in their masculine energy Mm -hmm. was really that all of these like femininity is actually connected to your hormones. Mm -hmm. Right. What you uh, open up in terms of like the brain hemispheres Mm -hmm. that was so like full circle for me because I wasn't just talking about reframing and concepts. Mm-mm. It's actually all inside of your the encoding. Yeah. But yeah. we've been overwritten by some other codes because of culture because of ideologies. You know we were talking in the course about feminism and yeah. false narratives some of the false narratives mm-hmm. of women empowerment and inequality and things like that. So what um, I do in my work is I help women to you know embrace femininity as a woman in a relationship and that means understanding how men work mm-hmm. and what complements us in terms of relating with men and what the biological intel of the relationship Goris uh, gave was why why we relate it as feminine beings because this is what's happening in the biology yeah when you do that so it full circle so that's what I really appreciated about the marriage of the biology of love Mm-mm. by Sasha and the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, amazing. And,
0: and also, and, and again, I, I mentioned that GHKGNM can be applied in all kinds of work for you know self work. Uh, so as a trauma therapist, I also saw a lot of the the biology behind why this person is behaving the way they are. And in fact, I've used just simple GHK principles in coaching sessions for trauma therapy, because when you have an objective understanding of why things turn out to to be the way they are and why your behavior is the way it is, and it's because of this trauma distressful experience that you had as a child, and you just want to tread water and not drown. Then you understand yourself better, yeah. And then you also understand your perpetrators. You understand the people who kind of harmed you in a way that, parang they didn't really want to do it, but but there was something in their brains that that compels them to do so. And it's because always it's in a theme of I need to survive. I can't die. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. I think mean, that was the most powerful for me because, yeah. Well, I, I think I've talked to you about my history, but not on your podcast. <laughs> but like, I had a history of being very religious. Oh yeah, and being very like the whole like um, proverbial, not quintessential. Yeah, all like good girls, and I carried a lot of guilt and shame yeah. around being a woman because, again, religion, religious beliefs tend to. Take us out of our nature. Yes. Right. That's it, I that's how I help women kind of like understand yeah. their sexual desires. Yes. Wrong with those. I mean, it's native to us. It's in our hormones. It's in our bodies. But it's the paradigm that you yes. carry in the psyche, which in GNN, it it um we call them conflicts and they're different categories for those conflicts. Yeah. Right. And so what this work allowed me to do with women. Well, I'm not super like like verbose and like enlarged in my knowledge of GNL, which is why I still consult Ellie a lot <laughs> every day. Hello. Um, but what it gives me is it doesn't just serve one area of like healing. It serves also the the ideas and the agendas and maybe the the programs that we unconsciously pick up. Yeah, in our growing up years, in our school years, and what we've been living an experience of. When uh, when we can kind of like go back to truth, which mm-hmm. is the biology and the fundamental quintessence of yeah. nature, we're no longer like in that shame that mm-hmm. religion mm-hmm. taught us to have. Like, oh, you know, this is bad, this is sin or what. Yeah, when you touch yourself right now. But you start to say, oh, it's just My femaleness, my female nature, my compulsion to procreate, you know, those are related with those things. And then suddenly, you love being a human. You don't feel like this cursed like being that God will get mad at because you did something wrong, right? So for me, that's what's also been so freeing for women especially because women, and a little bit into kind of like Jungian psychology, the core wound of women is shame. So, shame. So, when we have shameful beliefs about ourselves, about our femaleness, about our bodies, we will unconsciously carry that into relationships, into self concept, into self perception. So, before all the ideologies and the religions and uh, all the mentalism, right, like came in and basically mind controlled people.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And by the way, um, all that dogma. And, and that guilt and shame just totally creates constellations and conflicts in women. I have some clients that because of that, they need to measure up to these standards. And it's so difficult because it's not natural to measure up to those. It doesn't like feel right. It's like, yeah, like boss babe, or like I need to be clean and I'm so dirty that I have these urges. And then I need to be clean, but I, but I really still have those urges and, you know, I, you know, I have a crush, I a relationship that's secret and I'm so bad and I'm going to be killed or I'll be damned in hell forever. Survival. Yeah. 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 And that can do so much that actually can create frontal lobe consolation, which is anxiety. And it's like a bull that is rushing towards you and it's going to, you know, it's going to kill you. And it's that danger that I'm going to burn in hell.
1: Yeah or I'll never be saved. I wanted to ask you because a lot of women who grew up with you know these very um antiseptic kind of like religious beliefs about sexuality mm. vaginismus. Yeah. They aren't able to open yeah. to make yeah. love, yeah. right? Or it's painful sex or yeah. no orgasm. So what is GNM kind of like have to explain what happens in the in terms of like conflicts society yeah so there would be um sexual conflicts and it could be also
0: I don't know if, if the religion would do it but it's more of a, a procreation or a sexual conflict maybe an, an ugly male conflict an ugly conflict with a male and you'll be surprised how prevalent sexual abuse is and I'm telling you toddler age I mean that is just so surprising to me but like Three-year-olds sometimes, five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, you know, have an ugly conflict with an adult. And usually it's it's girls with male. But of course, we know that also boys have that now. So so it's like the the psyche is like, I can't, uh, I, I don't want to open or I, I don't want to, it because I, I'm unsafe if that happened. Yeah, I'll survive. Yeah, it's still, it's still survival. But, you know, nature also has a biological antidote for those, right? So... Let's say when, when we're looking at Casanova constellation, like Pablo Picasso, who was, it usually it's caused by a sexual rejection. So he's rejected by a woman, his female, and it, it triggers the Casanova in him, which is a constellation. A constellation is where two conflicts, two or more conflicts land on both hemispheres. And so the brain kind of upgrades a little bit. If you could call it an upgrade, it's really for survival. It mm-hmm. makes them need to find an antidote for their conflict. And so they become a a womanizer per se, but it's really for them to find the biological woman who will resolve their conflict, to remove that rejection and help them find resolution so they can drop the weight from their soul. That's what the constellation biologically, nature, contestants again, there's nothing wrong with it. And so you see it in movies. Remember, Mart? We had this this conversation, date of, like date of, date of honor. I love that. Movie. And even his dad was a Casanova, right? Married seven times. Married seven times, exactly. But he said that the one, the, my best friend, is 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 the most perfect relationship I had was with his first wife's mom. That his mom, yeah, that was the best. So it didn't heal the dad, Deba. Right? Apparently, so maybe because the mom didn't. Or whatever. He didn't find somehow the biologicals. He was always going for...
1: Younger women. Gold diggers. Gold diggers.
0: <laughs> right? And they even played... They even played the theme. of the gold diggers song, right? When she was walking down the aisle. So funny. But he did. He found the biological. And that... And that he resolved it. He was... He was no longer...
1: Yeah. He was no longer like that Patrick Dempsey's character. Yeah. No longer like having a woman on Sunday. Yeah. A different woman on Wednesday. Yeah. Because... He found her. Yes, as a friend. yes, and and all his rules. If I had all of these rules, he broke all of his rules yes, for her. Yeah, those rules kind of represent also the dogma. Yeah, also the the restrictions that we take on. Yeah, because of mind control. Yeah, because of power over dynamics yeah. in society. Right. Yeah, and I find that. I mean, let's move on to really. Yeah, yeah. Like in relationships, once let's say a married couple understands that, they, then they can actually prevent things like cheating, thankfulness yeah. Yeah. or, you know, like loss of attraction for your spouse. Once you know, mm-hmm. again, like what are these rules? Mm-hmm. What are also the ways I am not activating, like, let's say the female instinct in my wife mm-hmm. or the male instinct in my husband or in courtship, um, why I'm not attracting men who want to commit, protect, and provide for me. Mm-hmm. Once we know, like, the quintessence of male and female, mm-hmm. right? Then we have, like, kind of like a cheat sheet to relationships, right? Yeah. Way. Um, And then we know the work that we need. Yeah, that that's
0: amazing to see in that way, diba Yeah. And then, and then GNM just gives you a manual for why that is so, what is the energy like and what is nature, What what is the biological purpose of that? Yeah. And nature has it all figured out. And we just have to know how to interpret nature, which we have already because of G- GNM, GHK. So, Mertz, let us know, how did you get into this? Because when I met you...
1: You were a branding coach. Oh, yeah. You were like social media coach for me, for IG and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was the first chapter of my life, my life's work. So I used to teach women personal branding, which in my language now is a very feminine part of the business because it's the expression. It's like the the feel of the, the person of the business. And then I would also teach them marketing, which is the masculine part of the business, which is, you know, the um, getting out there, getting clients, getting seen, getting uh, phone calls, you know, leads. So that used to be what I did. But I've always been working with masculine and feminine energetics ever since the beginning. However, so in 2020, um, what we experienced was a lot of people just being at home like all the time and so I started to get questions from women you know around the third month of or even earlier in the lockdown like oh my gosh like I can't stand my husband (laughs) things like that (laughs) and then like oh my gosh how are we gonna work on this marriage and a lot of marriages broke up during that pandemic because relationships were tested And I saw an opportunity, of course, I'm a businesswoman too, right? Like, wow, this is interesting. What if um, a lot of the concerns now in the zeitgeist, you know, are how to keep things together when the world is falling apart, literally. So when I look at that, I think people were just interested in surviving the pandemic. And they were seeing in their relationships, we have to be strong if we're going to survive whatever this unknown, uncertain world is. And so that interested me to go more focused into relationship coaching, which is a branch of life coaching as well, just more specialized, right? Um, And my audience over the last almost four years came to be one single women that are seeking committed relationships. Mm -hmm. So they're in courtship and then married women who were trying to find out, how did I lose my femininity? Like my being a woman to my man, how did I lose that somehow? And how can I get it back? Yeah. Um, So that was interesting. That's what brought me into the kind of coaching that I've been doing now, after all of the teaching women how to be powerful women, right? (laughs) Which is you know, we are powerful, yeah. right? It's just that our power is different from male power, right? Yeah. But now kind of like really helping women to love being female, yeah. women, feminine. Um, and unlearning with that comes, again, with coaching, comes reframing and often unlearning unhelpful ideas Right. that, you know, make us express as not womanly, not feminine. Yeah.
0: Right. Did you feel that you also needed to embody, like, a lot of us Because come to a, a particular body of work because we, we usually apply it to ourselves first. Our oh, I, yeah. Personal needs. Yeah. Oh,
1: definitely. So did you have to kind of embody that first and test it on yourself or feel like yeah. it in your body before? Oh, yeah. yeah. In 2017, and I think I spoke about this mm-hmm. to you before. My husband um, experienced losing his job. Yeah. So that was, I'm sorry, earlier on 2016. And that was the first time I became the breadwinner right. in the relationship. Now, my husband and I, we got married. It was always the traditional roles like he took care of the rent, the bills, you know, the manly stuff yeah. that's necessary for a healthy man to be a man. And I just took care of the fun stuff, you know, like food and <laughs> decoration of the house, things like that. So we were always, and I didn't have the language back then, biologically appropriate. Right. I was always the feminine. He was always the masculine yeah. appropriately. Um, but it was in that year where he had, where he was retrenched, that I became the provider essentially. Yeah, You know, financial. Yeah. I paid the bills. I took care of the things he normally was used to taking care of. And then I saw what it did to the both of us. Yeah. So there was kind of some resentment on my part. Like, yeah. I'm raising the kids and I'm also, like, yeah. taking care of all of us. It didn't feel good in my body. And then for him, and I didn't know this back then, but that's very hard on a man. Yeah. I think... When they can't provide, Yeah. right? So he eventually, you know, after a year, he found a job and we restored the polarity, again, of okay. him being provider and me being the biologically appropriate feminine homemaker, all of that. That's when I started to get interested in polarity. But I wasn't teaching it. Yeah. I was just working with mentors and teachers that were in the femininity space at first. Yeah, But that was more of like the, the new age, like woo-woo stuff. Right? <laughs> Not yet the biological yeah. lens through which we you know, the quintessence yeah. through which we now view all of life. But that's when I got interested. Right. So I was doing more of like my personal work to be the the feminine. Back then it was like the divine feminine, oh, you know? Right. Yes. Oh, my God. And it starts off that way. Yeah. But then I started to see, no, it's there's nothing woo-woo about this. There's something about this that is native and real to the sex that you yeah. are, to your female and to your male. So the femininity work kicked in, talaga, in 2020. It really kicked in in 2020 because that's when other people were having experiences that I already had experienced, and I said, "Wait a minute! Three years ago, this kind of sounded like me." Yeah. And as a coach, you know, and like you and I were kind of like, we always want to improve our craft. Yeah. So I started to also study relationship psychology. Like with the with another coach, I got certified again in yeah. coaching, but this time for relationships. So in doing the work, quote unquote, on myself, because I was in a depolarized relationship for a time, I had compassion yeah. for these women that were like, you know, it's so tiring to have to be all together doing everything like a man yeah exactly (laughs) and it just kind of one thing led to another and more and more women as I started to speak on it on my platform more and more more women were coming out of the woodwork saying I need help like to be feminine and I didn't even know that yeah yeah Yeah.
0: I mean the work that you do is so important because I really feel that If we want to change the world, we change it one family at a time. Yes. It's a very foundation of what makes up the plant, the energy of the planet is, you know. And then when we, I think we had this conversation before where, what about our parents, their generation? They were, I believe for me, they were much more feminine than the modern woman today. Yeah. And. If you look at the, how feminine, let's say the you and I, we talked about this, that our mothers were so feminine, yeah. they were biologically appropriate uh, wives and mothers. And the fathers were the ones who were biologically appropriate, protecting and providing. And what happened to the kids? We're pretty stable, Deba. Right? None of us are consolated. None of us really have an addiction that, that's bad. None of us are in prison or have behavior, you know, bad. I, I come from a family, we're seven kids. We're all super stable. We all have really good careers. We're all friends with each other. We're not killing each other. Yeah. We're all pretty stable. And that's because the my parents, they were appropriately, the polarity was perfect. Was, was adorned, was very much aligned with nature. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so also I believe your,
1: uh, your parents were also gosh. Gosh. like, it's interesting because when they got married, both of my parents were working. But when they got married, my mom stopped. Right. She wanted to get pregnant right away, yeah. and for her, it was not rightful to her to her person yeah. and work and to be a mother. So that inst, you know that that allowed my dad to activate this instinct of achievement. Right. And with each new child, he got more successful. So in my family, I witnessed that and witnessed my parents setting that example. They really said, no, I stopped working. Yeah. Because I wanted to be the homemaker. I wanted to the ones to take care of you. And that allowed your dad to do what he needed to do, which was make more money. Yeah. Have a bigger house. Like, take care of your futures. And I didn't understand that as a child. Yes. In terms of the biological. Yeah. Precedent. Yeah. Yeah. But now, when you see that, it makes sense. Yeah. Because that's what in nature we need in a mother and in a father.
0: Yeah. And especially when you look at, and, and of course, we're not guilt tripping the, the mothers who need to work. To buy, not at all. And of course, you'll you learn it in GNMJHK when you go to the biological relationships course. Is that it's okay for mom and dad to be working because it's most do? It's what like we, the world is. Changed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh-uh, but when you come back home and you're present for your child, your mm-hmm. family, your meal times and all yeah. of that, then that's where you become biologically appropriate feminine, masculine, which is actually what happened in my uh, my case. Naman is that the family really got together at dinner time. Yeah, everybody was home, but my dad was was playing golf already at 5 a.m. Then in this office, and then home at six. My mom was at home the whole time, Yeah, no. but my dad gave her money for her hobbies, a bake shop. My mom loved to bake, so he gave her money for so that she could pursue her passion of baking, but also be a homemaker. And it's not a joke, because if you live in a household with seven children and bakers and house help and drivers and all, and you're this little tiny woman... You also, you can't be a pushover. You have to be also like a leader. Yeah. You have to be an alpha female. Taren.
1: Yes. It's just in relation to your partner. Yeah. And that's where I work with women because they can go to work but not know how to turn off yes. work mode. So they feel like work mode wife to their husband. Which Correct. Is, you know, n- incorrect in terms of nature. In nature... We're meant to relate to our partner, like our lover, our romantic partner, in a polarized way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and it also applies to... A femininity
0: doesn't just apply to your lover, to your no. partner, to your divide. Of course, we learn in GHK, and m it applies to your... Sazans, your brothers, your brothers. brothers, And then it also applies if you're the boss, you're the CEO. Yes. You can still be the boss. And in your personal grace and power and still be in your serenity yeah. as a feminine yeah. so you would relate to your colleagues and your male bosses or whatever also in your feminine and exactly you'll see how it works so magically it's just harmony kicks in mm-hmm. it's like a given it's just going to happen period cuz that's how
1: nature ordained it yeah yeah nature ordained women theme the females rather the females to define yeah. What the quality of the relationship or the association will be. So association means any one that you are in you are relating with, not in a romantic relationship with. Yeah. So how you relate to men, how you relate to women. Right. Yeah. Even when you're relating to women, you yeah. can feel like this like butch woman and like masculine yeah. woman, or you can be like a very serene and nurturing, magnetic woman. Yeah. It's very... you Attract a different response when you know how to be in that native, like female um, energy. It's like um, my favorite example is the ovum and the sperm. Right? Yeah. Uh, A female doesn't become a sperm. Yeah. (laughs) We are that eggness. Yeah. Or that eggness, and so, um, and there are proteins around that egg. You know, if you research Mm -hmm. the the biology of like the ovum, that protein attracts. The appropriate, like sperm. And when you bring that out, like zoom that out into human relationships, it's your essence as a woman, your personality, how you communicate, your, the way you carry yourself, the perception you have around yourself. That's how people experience you. That's what femininity is. It's not this put on, be ladylike, which is a yeah. contortion, right? But it's just like knowing how to relate respectfully. To men like seeing yeah. all men as you know rightfully male or like Mm-mm. honoring their maleness not being judgmental of yeah. them and um you know distrusting of them Mm-mm. it 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 just lands on people as a different energy yeah right it doesn't make right. you suspicious and closed off yeah. and you know very like unconfident the feminine a feminine woman is uh, like you were saying uh, in one of your talks, a lioness. Mm-hmm. She just like stands there and she's in her power. Yeah. She's, you don't, you, she's not a pushover. Yeah. Right. But sh- at the same time, she's in all of that female feminine energy. Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: And And the beauty of it is that when you look at nature, it's like the way they plan the polarity is that the man's strengths are the woman's weaknesses. Yeah. Vice versa. And it's supposed to work that way. Complementary. Complementary. And there's a reason for that. Because there are two poles in nature. There's a, a uh, inhale, exhale. You yeah. know, there is polarity talaga like harmony. Or a harmony. That's right. that's how you achieve it. When I took the GHK biological relationships course, you kinda think that, oh, it's for me to be a better feminine so that I can uh bring that out in the the masculine in whoever I'm relating with. And, you know, obviously that would be like with a partner. I'm unmarried I'm husband free and child free. And I want Martin to help me find my <laughs> your lover. My biological your biologi- appropriate masculine. Yeah. Yeah. But the the interesting thing and the beauty of it is that when you come back to your feminine, you find that you are also improving your relationship with yourself mm. and thus this will apply to your relationships with all yeah. and not just the masculine, but even the females. So I found that I was even I was nicer even to my female friends, my female colleagues, my assistants and all and it, it was just it's so very whole. healing is so mm. it is not enough anymore. Because the meaning, it's like finding missing pieces of yourself that nature planned for you that you couldn't find somehow. But when you do, it feels so right. It feels like your truth. Yeah. So that's the beauty of all of this
1: work. Yeah. I love that word, holding. Yeah. Because that's really what we are. We're not broken. Yeah. We're, we just we just don't have the remembrance of our quintessence. Yeah. Right, and it gives us that map. Because of all the tracking that we get to do, yeah. Because of tracing, but not going down rabbit holes. What I love about marrying something like femininity and GHK GNM is you skip a lot of like the fluffy convoluted concepts of like traditional therapy.
0: Yeah, it's
1: very. It gets right into what's the Mm trap, like what is the self concept that I have? What's what's going on in the psyche? Because once you identify that, then you know the tools that can support that resolution yeah. to you to get to that resolution. So when you are navigating like human relationships, mm-hmm. often the modality is, "Oh, what happened to you as a as a child?" And then you spend a lot of time just yeah. digging up the past, which is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But for some people, it's like um, it's they would like to know, OK, how do I become whole
0: because
1: I know already what happened to me. And I find the gift to people like you, trauma therapists Mm-mm. or the people like me, coaches, is it helps us. It's like a biohack in many ways. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's the greatest biohack. That is great because it allows us to not just marinate in like the regret or mm-hmm. like, I feel so sad that this happened to me. It gives us a way forward right away. Yeah. Right away. And then we use our other supportive modalities, you know, to support the journey while we're holding. Yeah. While we are resolving, if it's a biological manifestation, the program. Yeah. Right. So I just love how it all, it, it was like the missing piece to the biohacking. Mm-hmm. Right. Having yeah. that GHK, M. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: what I said in the, in the beginning. Yeah there's kulang pa eh. There's something missing. Yeah. And then it's like I, I even stopped following my mentors mm-hmm. like Dave and, and all because they're not considering the majority of what makes up the biology. Right. The psyche. The psyche. It starts from there eh.
1: And so yeah. if they're not addressing that then they're still eh. they're yeah. just using external stuff. And also the goddessy goddessy feminine embodiment yeah. mm-hmm. space yeah. sometimes it's just Just getting in all the feelings, which, you know, you're meant to feel your feelings. But if there's no, like, anchoring, just like in a masculine and feminine relationship, they come together, make another being, another creation. So you can't just be all like, I'm just in my feelings because I'm so feminine or I'm the biohack, you know, hack, hack, hack the way (laughs) solution, solution. You need like there has to be like even in there. A marriage, a complementary, yeah, to, there has to resolve your relationship issues, to resolve or to whole, to, to to facilitate you in your wholeness journey. GHK is like the golden thread. Yeah. Everybody's biological. Yeah. Everybody. Yes. And that is why I aim to be the educator,
0: GHK, GNM educator in the Philippines is because everybody needs to know this. Yes. And, and then of course, Martz is there to help the Filipinas this time, as you know, she caters to clientele that are from all over the world, international clientele. I had a client once who, he has this real resentment for his father. And his father said, he said that he was cheating like crazy and he couldn't forgive him. And then because of Freya, because of my, I uh, know of GNM, GHK, I told him, how was your mother like? Was she nagging, criticizing? Was she tough? Was she, was she wearing the pants? Did she have more balls? Did she make you feel like she had more balls than you? And he said, yes. Well, then. I explained why the father was going and, and looking for others. They're about to make him feel more male. And, you know, with that objective understanding, and again, this is GNM therapy, is causal therapy, is mm-hmm. you look at what the root of the conflict was and you understand why it's there. You objectively reframe it. And mm. say, I'm no longer seven years old. I'm stronger than this perpetrator. Exactly. And you just drop it just like that. And that has happened several times. So in this particular session, like you were saying, nakoy tanggal mo na yung mga frills and all of this superfluous, extraneous stuff. But You don't have to go goddess, goddess, whatever. <laughs> so in this particular session, I didn't have to do any of my trauma tricks and, you know, magic and whatever. Yeah, I just did the objective reasoning, biologically explained what's happening he was able to say, "Kaya pala," that's why it's happening, and it, it, he became whole after that session.
1: Similar thing happened, so powerful. A similar thing happened recently to one of my relatives, whose father was also um, philandering at at a young yeah. age. So when you can give people the tools that um, GHK GNM has, like that mm-hmm. reframing objectively based on the biological. Um, foundations, it's almost instant. The yeah. thing can, the whole thing yeah. can finally resolve, right? Yeah, And that's what I love about the word remembering. It's like parts of you, mem- remember, yeah,
0: right? Yeah. G- getting it back, picking up the pieces that you lost along the way, and you remember who you are Yeah, or who you're supposed to be. You remember your truth that you already knew, yeah. but lost along the way because of life, right? Life's lessons.
1: I love it. Just by understanding males, for instance, yeah. the femininity work that I do, it's more rapid, yeah, know, kind of fast. Like the, And I've always known about masculinity, but the biological, yeah, that is really like groundbreaking and um, allows women to have also compassion for men because yeah. usually a lot of women, especially in the women empowerment space, it's like we develop by maleness. Yeah. But there is a biological purpose for their maleness for us to be female and to be feminine. Right. So, having that mutual respect for our natures, I find is the true work of femininity work that I'd. Yes.
0: So, Martz, if you were to wave a magic wand and humans had become better humans, what
1: would that world look like? Oh. That would look like men and women wanting to raise whole families. Yeah, I love family. I come from big families with lots of constellations. Yeah, both sides. But there's nothing like having like a lot of cousins, sisters, brothers, being in like a community of people who are your lineage. Yeah, that family for me. Um. Would be like the perfect world, and I know that's very triggering for some because some people want to escape their family. Yeah, exactly. But really, it's like when we feel that way, it's an invitation to cu- curiosity. Like, why? Yeah. When really, like in um in a perfect world, again, magic wand world, we would actually be biologically appropriate and thriving. Yeah, as mothers, fathers, and children together. So. I just hope that we are able in a sliver of time that we have here really? for this time right now uh, to achieve that in our own way within our own families and relationships. Yeah, we start with we start at we home. We start at home. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh, we share the same vision,
0: definitely, and, that, and that's why we're working together. And actually, we wanted to take this opportunity to talk about this collaboration that Martz and I are doing. And Marts will be teaching femininity, her expertise. All of this deep knowledge that she has that she's accrued for the last four years and even embodied in her own self and her own life. And then I will be teaching the GHKGNM biological part of it. And so marrying the two and then giving you like a big grasp of what it means to be feminine from, from the very root of your soul. Uh, We're going to be uh, launching that summit. Mars and I still have to take care of the details, but we will be announcing that in in our FB groups. And also, Mars, are you taking Filipino clients now?
1: I think I'll be ready um, in January because I'm kind of full. I have groups going on right now. So there's no time for any like one-on-one work right now. Um, But by 2024, okay. All right. Great. Healing the world one country
0: at a time. We start with our own beloved Philippines. Yes. Yes. Mabuhay. <gasps> okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Mart. This has been such a fantastic conversation. Oh, my such God. a pleasure, Els. Thank yeah. you for having me. And we'd like to have you another time, maybe months from now, just to see if you have any updates or if you're marketing any courses now or, uh-huh. or at that time. Let us know. I'd love to talk about it so we can promote your work, your very important work. Bye! Bye, everybody! As an adjunct to this episode, I wanted to talk about how Dr. Hammer taught the biology of love directly to our GHK mentor in Croatia. This course is called Freya. In Norse mythology, Freya often referred to as the Lady in Old Norse, is a goddess linked to the domains of love, beauty, fertility, sexuality, warfare, wealth, and seor, a form of magic used for perceiving and shaping the future. Stay tuned for Dramatic New Medicine or Germanische Heilkunde Biology of Love courses every September and January. Asian Freya is happening in January 2024 with only 10 slots available. For further feminine refinement and embodiment, and taking a deeper dive into feminine qualities, follow Martine de Luna through her IG page, One Word, Feminine Womanhood, for courses and monthly membership options. Evolution represents the process of adaptive transformation that all life undergoes. However, beneath this gradual unfolding of life, there exists a profound and coherent purpose, progeny, the preservation of the species. Therefore, from a biological standpoint, it is crucial to recognize the underlying essence of safeguarding life for the collective benefit of the species. This concept encompasses a program that not only gives, but also takes away. Nature also implements mechanisms to eliminate the unnecessary or inferior, exemplified by the occurrence of heart attacks primarily observed in males. Once more, this is fundamentally biological in nature. What constitutes biological success? In the realm of biology, it is imperative for males and females to exhibit stark contrasts in terms of biological traits, functions, roles, and characteristics. Indeed, the principle of opposites attracting serves a purpose, to foster harmony and balance. You can already tell a male and female's function from the dominant hormone alone, estrogen for women and testosterone for men. The differences, of course, don't stop there, as the organism will need their biology to match function in order to ensure biological success. Nature always codes for success. Women have a heightened sensitivity and possess double the number of peripheral nerves compared to men, endowing them with a more refined nervous system. This heightened sensitivity enables them to discern finer nuances and exhibit greater tenderness, setting them apart from men. A woman's neurological pathways are inherently primed for motherhood, while a man's character is often characterized by individuality. One could argue that she comes into the world already equipped for motherhood, whereas a man is born as his own unique self. In biological terms, a woman encompasses both individuality and the potential for motherhood. Her full realization as a woman often coincides with becoming a mother. Otherwise, she may just be perceived as a girl. Personal growth for a woman frequently continues through motherhood, and without it, her progress may be limited. Simply by virtue of being born a woman, she is biologically significant and holds importance in nature. Men typically exhibit lower sensitivity compared to women, but their nerves facilitate quicker reactions. They possess approximately 40% more muscle mass than women, especially in the upper torso where men can have up to 75% more muscle. The male skeletal structure is notably sturdier and features distinctive blood attributes, including a higher count of red blood cells that enhance oxygen transport. This provides men with greater stamina and endurance, particularly for extended distances. Conversely, a woman's bones tend to be relatively softer. Men often have more rigid shoulders, a characteristic that proves advantageous in activities such as spear throwing. The broader hips of women are not well-suited for high-speed running due to their relatively lower muscle mass and bone structure for such activities. From a biological standpoint, women are anatomically designed for different purposes than men, each gender showcasing distinct capabilities. Women have approximately 20% more plasma or water content in their blood compared to men. This heightened water content is essential to meet the increased nutritional demands associated with their unique biological functions. The most notable distinction lies in the brains of males and females. Although the female brain is slightly smaller, its functionality diverges significantly. Its symmetrical and aesthetically pleasing structure sets it apart from the male brain. In the male brain, the preoptic region, a critical area responsible for environmental awareness, is nearly twice the size compared to that in women. This size differential contributes to varying perceptions of the world between the two genders. The disparity in perception between men and women primarily arises from differences in brain structure. Within the male brain, the preoptic region governs sexual impulses and is twice the size of its female counterpart. This leads to distinct sexual responses, with men often exhibiting more visual cues. The corpus callosum, which is notably 23% thicker in women, promotes improved connectivity within the female brain. This heightened connectivity facilitates superior multitasking capabilities and an increased capacity for diverse tasks. The suprachismatic nucleus, or SCN, located near the hypothalamus and responsible for time perception, functions differently in men and women. Women tend to have a heightened sense of time awareness while men often adopt a more relaxed approach operating on their own schedules. Additionally, women tend to have a more detailed memory compared to men. The insular cortex, which is more pronounced in women, plays a significant role in governing intuition, an aspect that is comparatively less developed in men. This natural inclination toward intuition is more prominent in women. Now you have insight into why men may not always reply promptly or complete tasks immediately, and why discussions about intuition typically involve women. Women possess 11% more neurons associated with hearing and language abilities. Even in the event of a stroke, women retain their speech capabilities due to the bilateral organization of their brains. While men may lose this function since speech predominantly resides in the left hemisphere, women demonstrate superior hearing, particularly for high frequencies. They excel at discerning nuanced emotional cues from the tone of a person's voice. Moreover, women exhibit greater proficiency in verbal communication and tend to grasp various languages more swiftly, exemplified by the early onset of speech in young girls. The frontal and temporal regions of women's brains boast larger dimensions, influencing their hearing and language skills. These regions house a greater number of neurons, contributing to accelerated brain development in females compared to males. In contrast, men possess a heightened sensitivity to specific sounds, like those made by birds. This ability stems from the distinctive acoustic processing in their brains, which effectively filters out repetitive sounds. For men, recurring noises are often perceived as less significant. In contrast, women exhibit acute sensitivity to repetition, recognizing its importance. Men tend to prioritize identifying major noises, such as loud roars or explosions, within their environment. So, what might be considered a repetitive noise for men? One hint, nagging. Men exhibit a focused, tunnel-like perspective akin to peering through a narrow tube that limits their field of vision to a confined area. Conversely, women enjoy a broader outlook, though it may not extend as far or as deeply. While men can concentrate intensely on a single point, women can simultaneously take in their front, side, and peripheral surroundings. This trait has deep roots in the traditional roles often assumed by women, such as caring for children while remaining vigilant about their environment. In contrast, men frequently engage in activities like hunting, which demanded a sharp and extended visual focus to spot distant targets rather than observing a wide area. These disparities even extend to the structure of their eyes – male eyes are more developed, featuring a thicker retina and an abundance of M-cells. These M-cells provide men with an enhanced ability to perceive object movement, enabling them to calculate distances and speeds with greater precision. Conversely, women possess T-cells that contribute to discerning color and texture. This biological attribute equips women with the ability to perceive a broader spectrum of vivid colors making color blindness exceedingly rare among them additionally women tend to excel at reading facial expressions granting them a distinct advantage in understanding nonverbal cues these differences in perception have practical implications for daily activities men might struggle to locate items in a refrigerator due to their inclination toward object-focused vision In contrast, women can efficiently scan the fridge, locate the specific items like butter, and seamlessly engage in multitasking. Women possess an enhanced sense of smell relative to men, granting them the ability to discern aromas with greater precision. Furthermore, the female capacity for taste is notably superior to that of men. In addition, Women's increased number of peripheral nerves contributes to a heightened sense of touch, allowing them to perceive more delicate sensations. Regarding vision, women typically enjoy clear sight and possess more sensitive eyes. Their hearing is more acute in comparison to men. Inherent sensitivity sets women apart from men. While men may contend with challenges related to visual clarity, auditory perception, and tactile sensitivity, They often seek out visual stimulation, such as well-lit environments, whereas women tend to prefer subdued lighting and pleasant scents. It's important to recognize that these differing sensory strengths between genders can result in situations where a man might not immediately notice something, such as your presence. Can you discern nature's blueprint for achieving success? This concept becomes significantly clearer when observing the animal kingdom, where the roles of creatures like the lion and lioness, as well as primates, illustrate it vividly. Beyond the influence of the feminist movement and the era of empowered women who can buy their own flowers, there is an emerging undercurrent of subtle depictions of power dynamics in popular media. An example is the recent 2023 Barbie movie, which we analyzed through a GHK lens, revealing numerous symbolic constellations and imbalances in its portrayal. What we are witnessing increasingly in this world is a phenomenon where female brains exhibit more traditionally male traits, and male brains display characteristics typically associated with females. The question arises, who holds the dominant role in these dynamics? This shift can sometimes lead to a scarcity of balanced intelligence, as we observe more women adopting traditionally male behaviors and traits. In many households, we see women assuming leadership roles taking charge in their relationships. What concerns me is that we may be interrupting billions of years of self-study and self-improvement due to these partnerships that deviate from biological norms which are often celebrated in popular media. Unfortunately, our children may not even be aware of these dynamics. In this lifetime, Martine and I have this mission to break this pause in evolution and foster harmony, one family at a time. Our aim is to encourage biologically appropriate partnerships that provide a solid foundation for children to grow and thrive. Within the Freya community, there is a prevalent theme. If your man isn't taking the lead, he may not be fully embracing his biological role and might have low testosterone. However, we should also consider another perspective who is exhibiting more traditionally male behaviors in the relationship? More often than not, it is the woman. The message is simple don't worry. You possess a magical essence because you allowed it to enchant you. When you first fell in love, you embodied both your biological femininity and masculinity. Your prince charming shielded and provided for you, and you, in your feminine essence, smiled and graciously accepted his courtship and pursuit. You were not yet burdened by nagging, disappointment, criticism, or eye-rolling. You radiated femininity and charm. This is precisely why he was so irresistibly drawn to you. It was a perfect match, as if destined by fate. Life becomes easy and harmonious when you align your thoughts, actions, and existence with a biological laws of nature. It's like having magic encoded right into your DNA. I took the Freya course twice, once with US ladies and a second time which I organized for my friends in the Philippines and Hong Kong. If you are a friend, you would know that I am husband-free and child-free. Because of Germanic New Medicine, I understand what exact life situations in my young life created the brain changes that made me who I am today. I did have a few relationships with men, but none ever came close to marriage. It was easy to blame it on myself and the men. Often, we like to point fingers at them or blame them for not being this or that. And because of Germanic New Medicine, I know exactly why. I was a boss babe. I was independent, strong, nagging, eye-rolling, criticizing girlfriend. Well, what man would want to marry their mother? I lost my feminine qualities along the way. The qualities that he was attracted to in the first place. Many of us often misplace our qualities, and it's really not our fault. It's the way the female brain functions biologically. What I got from Freya is compassion for men because I got a deeper understanding of how their brains function to ensure survival and biological success. I've found forgiveness all around, for myself and for men in general, because we have failed to see them for who they are, beings who just want to love, protect, and provide for their chosen feminine partner. In finding this place, I have felt more whole, more female, and have embraced a certain softness in my dealings, not just with men, but also with women around me. It's like Martine said, we are not broken, we are remembering. I hope you enroll with Martine as she is a transformation feminine embodiment coach. This is not a one-time endeavor, but something that you'll want to embrace throughout your feminine life. She helps women in courtship and even single women find their biologically appropriate masculine mate. Maybe she'll find me one too. Having a young daughter herself, she can teach you how to help your daughters never veer off the feminine path with your appropriately feminine guidance. Learn more about these lessons and enroll in GHK Biology of Love Freya courses available in the US and Asia. Get real-time relationship coaching from the GHK expert himself, taught directly by GHK founder, Dr. Reike geert Hummer. Announcements are made through my IG profile and my Facebook groups. That's why Mart specializes in feminine coaching, and I focus on GHK biological family relationships coaching. Together, we aspire to make the world a better place, brimming with hashtag BetterHumans. I appreciate your attentive listening, if you're interested in consultations with Martine, look her up on our website, martinedeluna.com or IG Feminine Womanhood. I also take consultations for Germanic New Medicine and include biological relationships of the biologically appropriate masculine and feminine in my coaching programs for spouses, parent-child, sibling, and all-male-female relationships. I also invite you to join my groups Biohacking Philippines and Biohacking Plus GNM Philippines on Facebook, or find me under the handle Coach Elia Bella and Biohacking Pioneer Ph. In Biohacking, you control your biology so it doesn't control you. But first, heal your mindset. To Biohacking and Beyond, see you in the next episode.